runs the world? Girls, of course. Welcome to the Style and Vibes podcast with me, Michaela. I'll be giving you the inside scoop on music, fashion, culture, and more from Caribbean celebrities and tastemakers across the globe, pushing our culture with authenticity and, of course, style and vibes. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Style and Vibes podcast, episode 12. This is your host, Michaela, and today we are diving into the idea that when it comes to music, there seems to be the notion that only one woman can be on top. Does it feel that way for you guys? Is it just me? I feel like we kind of see this all the time. We see, you know, memes and even, you know, have conversations with our friends around the idea of Rihanna versus Beyonce, Nicki Minaj versus Cardi B, Spice versus Shansia. And it goes on and on across multiple industries. I mean, not even respective to just music, but across multiple industries as well. I think, you know, there are so many talented women who make music, yet we find ourselves kind of fussing over maybe one, two, or maybe just a handful. The notion that only one woman can run things is crazy to me because there are so many different talented women across all different genres. And men can kind of compete without being pitted against one another, unless it's like a direct, you know, lyrical beef or they have personal feuds. But I kind of feel like, When it comes to women, we have to pick a side for whatever reason. So, you know, there's the idea of, you know, having friendly competition, misunderstandings, and of course, relationships that just go wrong that kind of creates this competition and somewhat makes it personal. You know, the fans kind of see it via social media or they read about it in magazines, as well as, you know, see the artist's behavior, how the media kind of plays into it, the music industry really has you know people behind the scenes that kind of have these conversations behind closed doors and just circumstances and popularity all of these things really play a role in the idea of what happens when women become popular in the music game so it's not just me today Um, In this episode, I really wanted to get a feel for some other people's opinions. I think it's really important to get the opinions of others when trying to talk about, you know, a topic like this one. And while it's not a roundtable, I'm speaking with our executive producer, Carrie, um, who definitely has an opinion, even from a fan perspective, and just being able to kind of understand the music business as well as you know her place as a fan uh kind of shares her opinion with us as as well as sean of reggae talk podcast um kind of giving that male perspective and you know we're all kind of dissecting why we feel that you know there can only be or is it that we're kind of thinking into it too much so we're really dissecting the idea and sharing our opinions with you guys Before we get into my conversations with Carrie and Sean, I just really wanted to kind of share, even from a media perspective, um, working and being in journalism and, and podcasting and just being able to share the opinions of the masses. I think the media kind of struggles with, are we, you know, sharing what the people want to hear? Are we asking the questions that the people want to hear? Or are we merely reflecting what 
the people are really talking about. So it's kind of like that chicken and the egg conversation. Um, but I think it, it does have, we have a certain level of due diligence to kind of evaluate, is this a conversation that you want to continue having? Are we jumping on the bandwagon for hits uh, on our websites? Are, are we really you know, developing, engaging conversations when it comes to women in music and even in other genres. And I think it's kind of something that we as as media personnel kind of have to think about when we're writing pieces and even just, you know, it might it might even just start off as a joke, but I think things, we've seen things escalate rather quickly. And I always say, you know, a lot of times issues can be resolved offline. And, you know, if a conversation is had between two people, then they can kind of, you know, resolve whatever personal issues that they have. Now, if it's completely all about the music and you're leaving it on wax, then that's different. But when it comes to like, you know, deep rooted personal issues, I think those should be addressed without the public's eye and ears. Um, but a lot of I think a lot of times what happens is it kind of just spirals out of control, um, especially with social media. You know, sh- social media has allowed for artists as well as fans to share their own public opinions on themselves, on each other, on what's happening in the news. And I think it opens up the door to kind of more scrutiny than ever before. So while I think competition is healthy to kind of, you know, it sharpens, you know, the skills of others when you compete in a way that is, is, is not mean spirited. I think we kind of understand the sentiment behind, you know, when people are kind of going at each other and it's personal and going at each other and it's just lyrical. And sometimes the lines definitely get blurred and sometimes it ends up, you know, resolving itself. And I don't think that we should try to do away with competition. I think it's great for women to just be able to compete. But it's also like, you know, there's more than just one or two who should be highlighted and not necessarily that you need the competition in order to be highlighted. I think you, you know, doing great work outside of the antics should speak for itself. And unfortunately, that's not always the case. So the people that you see constantly are the people who are kind of stirring the pot a little bit. And sometimes it's a good thing. And sometimes it's just not as beneficial to the culture or to each other. Um, It just kind of seems like it's out of place in a way. But I think that there is such a plethora of talent uh, across multiple genres. You know, you you can have so many different people contributing and playing in the same field and being able, being successful in their own right. Everyone is a queen. Everyone is a king of their own kingdom and and, in their own, you know, in their own lane. So I don't think that it should be such a big deal for us to recognize just one or two or a few, because I hear men who completely sound the same over and over. So, you know, I can't tell the difference between a few people that I hear Uh, that are men, but, you know, they seem to continuously get to shine over, you know, women as well. For every, you know, 20 men that you hear in the music industry, you might hear one or two women. So I think it's also up to us to kind of really be better at highlighting those women who are doing great things in music and in their respective genres in order to kind of push, you know, a, a bigger plethora of women to the top. 
Um, and then what happens when there are more women um, and it's a little bit more equally yoked, I guess you could say, in terms of talent pool, then you'll kind of start to see all of the different bodies of work and, you know, people will be talking about more than just one or two. So today we have a very special guest. He is on another podcast um, called Reggae Talk, and it's him going in depth about all these different topics with reggae and dancehall specifically. Welcome to the Style and Vibes family, Sean. Yaman, Yaman, give thanks. Thank you for having me. So this is going to be an interesting conversation because I know (laughs) you have a lot to say. You always have something to say, and it's all good things. So, you know, I think you kind of being in the music industry and understanding as not only, you know, someone who does media, but also someone who just is a fan of music in general and not just dancehall and reggae. I think it's a great conversation for us to have, um, especially with recent events that have been happening surrounding women in music um and it's not particular to just dance along reggae but you know it's definitely very prevalent but just the idea that there can only be one woman you know no pun intended on top um so the idea that you know it seems like especially like surrounding Nicki Minaj and Cardi B like you know it, it always feels like you have to pick and choose um, so what is kind of your perspective in terms of why you think that is uh, from a music industry standpoint? I mean, I think there's, there's everyone has their own lane, you know what I mean? Everybody has their own lane and there's food for everybody, especially with hip hop. Hip hop is a massive, massive market. There's food for everybody. But I think this whole one woman stuff is, it's not really, it's not really the artist per se, but the fans. I think it's the fans who are, who really egg this thing on you know you get what i'm saying mm-hmm. but uh i mean the artist for for example Nick, Nicki minaj Nicki minaj i mean she's been around for a long time it's like in the workplace when, when you have when you have a, a senior employee who's been who, you know who's been in the in, in, on the job for x amount of years and they have x amount of time vested and then you have the young book fresh out of college you know they get a little insecure you get what i'm saying Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then the fans remember. Remember, over time, the generations, the generations kind of turn over. So the fans who 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 were rocking with you ten years ago, maybe they're not rocking with you again. You know, and it's really the young books. It's really the young books. So I always say that music, it's all about relevancy and time. You know, especially hip hop. Hip hop is, is is a lot of it is disposable music, just like dancehall. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and the fans change. You know, we did an episode called the Generation Gap, basically. Whatever that was that was uh, popping to you years ago, or our parents, it's not popping to me. My tastes are different. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, so just I think like a the lot same, of it, you know, it'll change in another 10, 15 years. Same thing. I get yeah, it. One. Yeah, man. So it's, I think it's, it's a generational gap thing. For example, Nicki Minaj is, is about, she's, a, she's approaching 35, or she's about 35 years old. So meanwhile, Cardi B is, is, is 10 years her junior. Mm-hmm. So there's no way Cardi B fans and Nicki Minaj fans have the same taste in music. Because Cardi B fans, many of them are teenagers. Mm-hmm. Nicki Minaj fans, they grew up. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So again, it, it boils down to the generation. The generation turned turn over. And then from, you know, it's a social media era now. Social media is, is it's all about the youth. The youth and, 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 and the, uh, you know, 
the 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 what Nicki Minaj call her people, the Barbies and 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 what what, what Cardi B call her people, or her her uh, was it Barty Gang or Cardi Gang, something like that. Cardi Gang, yeah. Cardi Gang. I'm pretty sure Cardi Gang. They're 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 not no 35 year olds. Cardi Gang are a bunch of kids, <laughs> mm-hmm. and and kids are kids are mainly the ones who are on the forums. Kids are mainly the ones who are over on the blogs. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So I think they're really the one who amplified this this whole notion. Because if if you listen if you listen to like uh the Breakfast Club, they, every second they make um references to social media. Mm-hmm. You know, so so that's kind of like the heartbeat. That's kind of like the pulse of the culture. And it's, it's a youth movement. Mm-hmm. So do you think yeah. that the the artists play into it? As I feel like female artists play into it too much, and it and it kind of gets more personal than it does competitive. I think they play into it, but I think they play they feed into the fans more. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like like for example, with with the um, I mean, on on the dancehall side, them the Spice of the Queen right now. She's she's the one that's you know the new new age mm-hmm. queen of the dancehall. Some people say, and I know you have um young book what Shensia. Mm-hmm. Since you had do our thing right now, I think at one point, at one point they had like a little friction or something like that. Mm-hmm. I think they're friends now. Yeah. But a lot of it has, again, it goes back to the social media. You know, people feed into it. People, you know, comments here, comments there, Spice read it. And Spice pre say it, you know, yeah, 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 like you shade, you throwing shade and think Shensia seat. You get what I'm saying? Then there was a little thing with Jada King, Kingston as the next upcoming artist. And, and Shensia said, um, you get what I'm saying? Yeah. So I, I think again, I think it has to do with the fans more than anything, man. They instigate the social media. They instigate a lot of things, and people feed into it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's that's just my my take on 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 the whole you know dynamic. But I kind of feel like it doesn't happen as much with with men per se. Like they do do it, and they do go at each other. I mean, if you have Conley, Kanye's level of emotional attachment to. <laughs> to ego yes you know yeah, it, it happens a lot more frequently but i feel like for women it's almost like you have to fight even harder to to get that respect and and keep it and you know once you you are no longer you know popular it doesn't necessarily mean that you no longer have it because i mean if you think about it jay-z is no longer popular i gotta agree with you i agree with you <laughs> musically he's no longer popular as he he's popular to us because that's our era and we're always going to have that yeah. love and affinity yeah. for him but the young bucks aren't they, they recognize his business they'll recognize his him more as his business savvy and being you know beyonce's husband than you know knowing understanding his catalog but he still has managed to keep his respect musically and yeah, and I kind of feel yeah. like as, as, you know, as women grow in the space, they tend to want to compete with the younger generation rather than say, you know, it's your time. I'm going to do what I'm doing here. And I embrace you doing what you're doing over there. You know what I mean? I think Lauren Hill might be one of the few that kind of just like she sees everybody and is kind of like, it's love. It's all love. like I don't. I don't see Eve. You know, either. You know, kind of really playing into that cattiness, either. And you know, people like you know from dance out. You know, Marianne Chagan, like Lady's story. Yeah, so she's not even associating mm-hmm. herself. So it's almost like you know the leadership. So even though like the fans kind of have 
a a say in a sense do you like i kind of feel like the women have a certain level of responsibility to grow in there because remember you're not spice not young spices i mean she's young but she was popular you know years ago Mm -hmm. like fight of aman was wasn't yesterday so you know she has she you know she does i i think she deserves that that title of queen because she she's probably one of the only dancehall artists that are traveling at that level and can you know build and pack and you know have have that sort of stage presence but you know song wise she has a good a, a solid catalog and she, she still hasn't reached her peak i would say um well. or she hasn't reached where she thinks she would like to go I think think she still has more that she wants to do but she's not 22 like Shenzia yeah man yeah man but I mean if you're gonna say Spice you say you think Spice is queen and then you you say her catalog is solid I mean a queen catalog can't be solid (laughs) you gotta be great you know what I mean but I mean that's that's a whole nother conversation with the queen and all that stuff because I mean I mean, I think Spice is is is, is the queen at the moment. You know, but mm-hmm. the queen is is relative to your generation. You know, some people, even some of the young kids, still say Lady Saw is the queen. Even even though when Lady Saw was at the, at the pinnacle of her career, but know, at the same time, Lady Saw really had no competition. I mean, she had, uh, she had competition. Ooh. I mean, can name can name some 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 artists from aside from them, Tanya Stevens, time. but Tanya Stevens to me isn't. Even, she's uh, on in like a whole key, she have her own kingdom uh, you know what I mean she, she can queen uh, something else but <laughs> you see the thing with Lady Saw Lady Saw you can liken her to like a vibes cartel because Lady Saw was the queen the queen of slutness and raunchiness yeah you see how vibes cartel came and, and, and came with the wordplay and he mm-hmm. came with the imagery and all that stuff and he kind of painted a picture that was different from what we were used to that was Lady Saw she said things differently. I mean, when I was a youth, Lady Saw music was banned in the house. It was, it was, yes. it was prohibited. Yes. You get what yes. I'm saying? And so she was, she was an icon for that, you know, slackness and all kind of thing. Yeah. That's kind of what made her into the, the, the queen of the dance hall. And then, and then as her career kind of progressed, she kind of widened her, her um, catalog and, you know, and became much more dynamic mm-hmm. as opposed to a spice whose catalog is, is, is not really as much as, you know, it's not really diversified. You get what I'm saying? So that's why, I mean, Spice is the queen of the moment because, you know, she she has it going on. I'm, I'm really happy for her. She had to do her thing. But musically, musically, I want I want to hear more from Spice. I want her to perform at, at, at the, those those uh, high-profile elitist events in Jamaica and, and, and don't get backlash from <laughs> singing her songs <laughs> that people know. You get, you get what I'm saying? Yeah, that's true. That's true. I, 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 I agree with that. That's that's definitely true. So in terms of like and even in our conversation, I kind of feel like we're we're picking names out of a hat. There just isn't a plethora mm-hmm. of, of artists that, you know, right. we, we deem talented, uh, you know, to to kind of go toe to toe. But that that's not necessarily the case for you, that might be, I think, very specific to to maybe dancehall, and and yeah. even reggae. But even in in other genres, like I feel like there's other dope artists that are really doing, you know, amazing things that just aren't being recognized because of like they have they live in their own world, and I think social media has allowed, you know, artists to create their own fan base. 
Because, I mean, we don't even discover music the same. We discover, you know, music through playlists and, you know, word of mouth and sharing. Like, you know, we don't listen to radio to hear new music anymore. At least I don't know. Absolutely. Um, I mean, so I think it allows... I discover my own music. (laughs) Right. So you don't, Mm -hmm. you know, it's not the same. So I feel like there's even more talent that's out there, but... I kind of feel like we see the same ones over and over and over again. Um, do you feel that Absolutely. that's more of a, a, a media kind of thing? And we kind of have a due diligence to kind of shine light on others in the space doing great work. Absolutely. I mean, there are tons, tons of talented artists out there, but I mean, you, you, you know how it is. I mean, me, I can only speak for myself and I don't, de- I don't depend on DJs and, and all these radio people to, to feed music for me. I mean, to feed music to me. You know, I go out there and I seek music because I love, I love young talent and I love to share young talent. If you go on reggae music forever, I mean, you see what I'm about. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? But I think, I think, I mean, I think the model kind of shifted. The common fan, if you do, I think I did a, a little uh, survey one time and I was asking people how they consume music or how they, they find, find out about new music. And many of them say social media, their timeline. Mm-hmm. So people are kind of shifting from depending on DJs and depending on the radio to give them new music and they're consuming it in, in different ways, primarily the um, social media. So final thought, what, what would you like to see more of from women in the music industry? I want to see more women embracing each other, more women ce- um, celebrating each other. You know what I mean? For example, um, Nick, I mean, I got to go back to Nicki Minaj because a lot of people say Nicki Minaj is bitter because Cardi B is the, is, is the new chick on the, on, on the block or whatever, whatever. And I just want to see women breaking other women, <laughs> lack of a better word. I, I want to see Nicki with, with some upcoming artists under her label, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. just like old Bonte, Bonte busting off artists, you know, the dance hall and thing. I want to see, I want to see Nicki doing the same. As opposed to everything being all about Nicki, I'm, I, I gotta use Nicki Minaj because you know this is really, you know, that's really what what everybody's talking about nowadays. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The whole party beat stuff. So just women celebrating women and you know oneness. I like it. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Please share your Instagram website, all of that. The podcast, um, what you got coming up next, all of that good stuff. All right, you can follow me on Instagram at Reggae Music Forever, just like how you spell it. And you can check out our podcast at Reggae Talk, just like how you spell it. And uh, we just released a new episode, episode six. That's our most recent episode. And that's titled uh, Dancehall versus Reggae Beef. You know, the dancehall artists versus the reggae artists. Reggae artists feel the dancehall artists are singing foolishness. And the dancehall artists, they're not really too... It's like a little... A, <laughs> You get what I'm saying? And, and then the Reggae Roots fans who don't really check for dancehall. So it's it's something to check out. It's definitely created a little, a little, little stir, stirred up. The, 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 um, stirring the up the right pot there. as usual. But I like it. I like it. Thank you so much. Yeah, We're going to have you back because we got lots more to talk about. <laughs> so we have a very good friend of the show and executive producer, Carrie Ann Reed Brown. But today she's sharing her fan perspective on the show yeah we are talking about the idea in music and it's not just specific to caribbean genres reggae dancehall um but across a lot of genres um the idea of only one woman being at the top Mm. so the topic kind of really spawned out of 
some of the the chatter around women and the music industry and how you know one wants to be queen and you know if you think about dancehall you know spice kind of came into you know her own queendom as you know lady saw was kind of exiting but even before lady saw you know mm-hmm. there were others before her you have you know patra and you have lady g and you have you know like sister nancy and all of those people and and for whatever reason i think because there aren't as many women um on there at that level um there always seems to be the idea that there can only be one woman at a time so as a fan who kind of is seeing some of this or you know experiencing it through music what are your thoughts around the that that notion well it's interesting that either now we're more as the the saying is more woke and more aware of it but it's really been existing for a long time right if you think about it um because when you when you when you thought of patra you weren't i i can't remember i mean lady saw was there but patra was kind of delivering something different and so in that way i I feel like two women can coexist but if it's a male dominated industry it's almost like only one only one woman dj artist can be at the top even if you have varying styles and it's it's like you know to the detriment of the other artists that brings variety right so if you are if you want to make it in dance hall right and you 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 say okay lady g exit lady saw comes in and you know it's typical in dance hall that everybody copy the name right so you had kapotan simpleton and all these bantan buju you know mega bantan buju bantan whatever and lady you know lady g still there but lady saw rises to to you know the queen of dance hall that she is and then you only then you have um spice so what happens it doesn't allow a lot for the women to be creative and diversify or even grow right and i mean we saw some growth from lady saw where she started out really racha and you know that's kind of the the staple or the way you identify lady saw but i'm sure she wanted to to create different songs so like you know like let me love you with my heels on was kind of a different type of song but it was just like yeah i'm like it right mm-hmm. um so so it's almost it's, it's not only a one woman thing but boxing that one woman or women in a particular category the way they come out and don't allow them to evolve right mm-hmm. so men are you 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 see how you know or if they evolve they evolve out right so before lady saw went from dancehall to gospel there was Chevelle Franklin right and Chevelle Franklin is popular with um Beanie Man dancehall queen she was the female voice on that song and then she just transitioned and she started singing gospel so you 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 look at that buju was allowed and even capotan was allowed to go from slap dancehall to more conscious dancehall and we i don't see the women getting that same creative liberties to um to grow and diversify or experiment it's almost it, the minute they get to that point it's almost like all right, they get put on a shelf and it's next for the next slap. And I mean, nothing's wrong with it, but it, it's like hypersexualized dancehall um, artists as a woman. Do you think that the competition, that it kind of breeds a certain level of competition, right? And that's always kind of been, 
you know, the bravado of, you know, music like dancehall and hip hop. And to some extent, even, you know, pop culture, because, you know, everyone wants to be that one on the top. Um, But does it breed, you know, a certain level of creative competitiveness or does it seem to get catty? Um, you know, I've, you know, in doing my own podcast, you know, this one guy, yeah, you know, this one guy said there's no competition, right? And if we go back to Chimamanda, you know, she was like, competition is not necessarily a bad thing, right? For women, it's conditioned to be a negative thing. For men, it's conditioned to be what you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you compete in terms of the quality and the style and, and let's go back and think of, you know, ciphers and rap battles and, you know, clash, right? You, you are competing to see who is the best lyricist, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that is good in some way, but I think inherent in the way women are socialized, it, it always ends up going towards being a caddy way. And then it's stoked by you know, other people who have that mindset that, you know what, them, you know, like the dislike is not on a professional level. Like, you know, I love basketball. So you could watch on basketball, like LeBron and somebody, they having words on the court, but like when they, when they off the court, it's just like, all right, fine, whatever. Some of them really do got beef, but it's like on the court, they're very competitive. And it's like, so, you know, that doesn't, a lot of times women aren't afforded that level of competition. Hmm. So as a fan, kind of observing some of this, and and I think we kind of, you know, we see the memes, we see, you know, who's the top five, you know, who's this, who's that. And quite often it's, it's somewhat spun by either the fans and or the media. Do you feel like, you know, the artists kind of get swept up into, you know, what the people on social media and the media are saying versus focusing on their craft or is it kind of it just comes with the territory and as a fan you kind of enjoy it 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 comes with the territory and even the biggest of superstars to the lowliest of podcasters or you know just as an everyday person you know i would I don't remember what I was watching the other day and they say ego is dressed up insecurities, right? So like different people will in a, is a su, 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 su. it's just, it just comes part of it and it depends on what you want to hear or not necessarily what you want to hear, but it, it really depends on who's around you. And, you know, some of the things you will take personal because we are humans at the end of the day. And, you know, there's ego, but there's like deep seated, like emotions, like, yo, I thought we were cool. You know, I was trying to build sisterhood. So, you know, some fans like that, me never really too care for it. It was just a matter of preference. So when it was Bounty and Beanie, you know, I would never say, no, play no Bounty tune, you know, Beanie Man on my art. I would never say that. It was just like, I liked more Beanie songs than I liked Bounty songs when it was Tupac. But it wasn't like, I didn't like one or the other. I liked a particular style, but there were songs of the other that I liked. And that is kind of what people should focus on, right? Mm-hmm. There is the way how I do a podcast or how I do something or I cook my mac and cheese is different from how somebody else do it. It's not necessarily better. It's just different. And yeah, and it's embracing those differences because no mega China figure all business and philosophical, but essentially, you know, as artists, you're commodities, right? And if you're, if it's your commodities, you're like, you have 
a one bag of artists come out, what makes one singer different from the other? It's their differences, not their similarities. And, you know, from a business perspective, you know, you, you have to highlight your differences in order to stand out as opposed to how much you're the same. So if we embrace the differences and say, well, you know, this, this, this female dancer artist or this artist is not like this one, then you'd be like, yeah, you know, that's a for them thing. And them good pun that me good pun this, you know, type thing. But, um, again, with the fans, they get caught up in whatever the fans want to do and, uh, and, and whatever makes money, you know, whoever is behind the scenes, you know, shot calling, you know, you're kind of at the mercy of that. And it's a numbers game. And as much as we don't like it, sometimes you get caught up in the number of likes, number of plays and all of them something there. They, they, they play a role because, you know, it, it directly affects the food where you have to eat. No, that makes sense. But in terms of like, as you know, as you're listening to, you know, new music or even going back, um, even the idea of how much women are played, the ratio is completely skewed mm-hmm. in, in certain genres, you know, and even, you know, how many plays it like, it almost feels like, you know, I'm constantly hearing Cardi B and Nicki Minaj when there are a plethora of other women whereas you can hear a ti a kendrick lamar a designer you know what i mean like they're all different in their own right but they kind of live within the same space of the same genre but it's almost like okay we have 20 songs that we have to you know we we want to fill up this programming with 25, but, but, but only, only two or three belong to to women and it's not necessarily gauged based on pop certain levels of popularity but um also like who who's actually you know i kind of feel like there's something somewhat coerced around the rivalry within women of course it is there's a level where it's kind of orchestrated Mm-hmm. And, you know, then there's also before it's even orchestrated, you, you fall victim to this heavy rotation mm-hmm. and you, you know, radios need to make money, all of these things. So you play what's popular. And if, you know, I do myself like a variety of music, like if me hear, if I keep hearing the same song, but as I switch radio stations or, and, and for the most part, that's part of the reason why I hardly listen to like radio. I want to be able to select my own songs and certain songs like I can connect to on my own, mm-hmm. but you're right. You know, heavy rotation, you're subjected to that. Like when I was introduced to that, when I first came here, I was like, what is that? I know it's everywhere, mm-hmm. right? You don't get a variety. You just kind of play this one song on repeat, on repeat until you're kind of tired. I like I've, ha- I've had it so much that I just don't ever want to hear this song anymore. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes it is who at whichever label or whatever is pushing it, you know? So there, there are so many hands in the pot driving that. And in a way, you know, we, we are getting force fed what they feel like we should get as opposed to, you know, what we feel like, yo, I want a good song. This me like it. Right. And, and this is not new because when you go back and think to the days when we did have cassette, yes, we used to get cassette um, and CD, right. you, you, you had a whole CD with what, 12, 15, 20 songs. And of, on some of those CDs, with the exception of some artists where a lot of their songs were played on radio and hit the charts, you probably heard three of the songs on an album on radio. 
the rest of it, you just had to know on your own. I was just like, yo, I love that song. And sometimes people are like, which album was that? Because it's not played. So it's, it's the question then comes like, as artists, how else can you introduce your, your audience to music that radio may not play in heavy rotation, but as an artist, you will gravitate towards a certain song. Mm-hmm. So like the, it, the bigger problem is the, the, the industry. And when, and I think part of it is realizing that, okay, the industry is what feeds me, but I also have to be mindful not to get caught up in that cycle um, of how the industry can pit me against someone else when, you know, I, Sometimes it's collaboration, but even then, right? Let's go back to rap. So you had Salt and Pepper, you had MC, like you had a whole bunch of them around the same time. So I, I kind of felt like, you know, at some point there was variety. Granted, me can't count me a count upon one and compare to the man, mm-hmm. but still there were there was a variety because they were their rap was a different style or their topic mm-hmm. was a different style their dress was just different there was just a clear difference between mc like queen latifah salt and pepper mm-hmm. um moni love or you know yo yo you know there was just different styles and it's, it's kind of the same thing with dancehall when you look at you know everybody was uh, what's her name again our name is like at the tip of my tongue and everybody's like she's a you know she's underrated um tanya stevens but she she just kind of had a different style mm-hmm. um and it's embracing those differences that kind of help the music and the genre because mm-hmm. if you feel like if if you're only pushing out one type of dancehall or one kind of reggae music or however we want to categorize it then people are going to be like that's not for me mm-hmm. whereas you know you have you look at the the women in reggae music and its subgenres all together you're like we need the diversity from the women we need women's perspectives do you feel like you, you kind of touched on the early, well, the late 80s, early 90s in hip hop where you had like Queen Latifah, MC Light, Salt and Pepper. Like I felt like there was a certain sense of camaraderie amongst among them. And they, whereas, you know, you fast forward to, you know, a little Kim, Foxy Brown, they immediately became rivals like very shortly after you know, both of their careers launched. So, you know, even Eve was kind of in her own lane and, you know, Lady of, like everyone kind of felt separate. So they had, you know, the big labels of the time. They had one woman as representing as their first lady Mm -hmm. of that particular label, which somewhat I think kind of contributed to, to the notion that there can only be one. Mm-hmm. Because it's not like there was a roster of women under one belt who all kind of collectively brought something to the table. And mm-hmm. it was the same with like, you know, um, with Jay Records and, you know, Olivia Olivia. Was signed before Alicia Keys and mm-hmm. they did nothing with Olivia. Olivia. And, uh, and, you know, Alicia Keys became the cornerstone artist for the label. Like it, it, it happens in you know, R&B, it happens all mm-hmm. over. So what, what, it, what is it, what do you think it is, you know, that either the, the, the level of intensity, like you can't, 
put all me your know. eggs in one basket. But I me, me, me have an answer. I know the question you didn't ask, but I have an answer. I, I cannot understand why. A, I don't understand the thought process where I, I could focus only on one woman artist at a time and focus on busting her, whereas they have a whole roster of men and them are released differently. You know, the, you know literally the approach that we're saying can apply to women, you know, they are doing it with men and they were like, we can only groom one woman at a time. And I'm, I'm curious, right? So we, even though style and vibes Caribbeans, but I mean, I'm curious, I get it. The Supremes were like, at the time, if you go back to um, Motown, the Supremes were like, you know, the bigger group, but they had a ton of other groups on the, the, the label. They just, yeah did different things mm-hmm. and so it's it's almost like i don't know as we i i may not, may not understand why it just because here's the thing as i get older i don't fall out of love with reggae it's just that i i can't jump up and down in a dance the way i did when i was younger and i need to have the artist to meet me at the eight my the maturity that i am and that doesn't exist because it's almost like they don't allow that to happen Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, and 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 that's kind of weird. As a money, as business people within the industry, you got to say, well, you got to touch everybody, mm-hmm. which is why oldies reggae will never die. Because guess what happened? Me reach certain age, make a drawback for the tunes I'm appearance listen to because I feel like that's what resonates with me because they're they're not keeping or playing the music that me feel like all right i'm a woman of a certain age when i walk out you know when i meet a a true yeah you know what i'm saying so it's Mm -hmm. almost like where's that music for the others you know that other you know when you're you know the mature level you know you see r&b has it you know when you're boohoo cry you're breaking up and they have the ones where you're so in love you're madly in love like where's that you know, so, you know, everything that's happening is to the detriment of the, the woman as an artist and as a creative being and a person that has emotions of very spectrum. Um, but I, I have no, I have no reason as to why they just groom one artist at a time. And we've seen the story over again with Whitney, with Mariah Carey, they've moved somebody else out the way to make space for them specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can't, I can't, I can't tell why. I mean, we've. Wa- I'm sure I've watched many documentaries that kind of give some explanation, but those reasonings don't make sense to me. Like, I hear what the reason they're saying. It just logically doesn't make sense to me as to why. Last thought, what would you like to see in terms of progression for women in the music industry as far as uh, what it would look like in the future or feel like? What are you looking for? Yeah, just kind of embrace the different styles. I mean, just just embrace the subtlety of, you know, like, just how you're different as opposed to you being the same and owning that difference and knowing that, you know, it, it, again, it depends on their personal goals and I can't tell them what their personal goals are, right? But if if you if it's making music and making money, it's some, sometimes it's not going to be a stadium sellout. But that music does connect with somebody and it's just kind of finding who that artist is. And I mean, I've heard the story over and over again where the women are making the music, what the record the label I put out or the record label will say, oh, this is what's popular, that. And they're just like, that's, a, that's not me. So it's, it's kind of figuring out how to, 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 to make that music that 
appeals to your audience because the, the record label can't like it, but if your audience don't like it, guess what? <laughs> Money not going to make because you're not going to listen to it. So just, um, I think it's audience in mind. Trust me, audience in mind is kind of where it's at. Because when you, when you connect with your audience, I'm going to play your music. Even if you don't play upon radio, I'm going to play the music. How many, like... Cree Summer, and we know we did talk about her again. That's so Cree Summer from A Different World. Mm-hmm. She had an album. It wasn't a commercial success, but I love that album. It was just like she had some nice songs on there. She had a song on there with Lenny Kravitz. I was like, yes, but it wasn't. I never hear it on radio. I buck up my buck up and listen. To, you understand know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's, it's, and I, me just like it. Me, me, me hear some real things because of that. So it's, it's, because when, when the fame gone and you get to a certain age, you have to say, where you going to look back upon? The body of work you have or, you know, the, 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 the fame you had at a point and people said, boy, she could have, I really liked her. She did song cool, but we should did sing some, you know, better songs, deeper songs, but then all of that is still relative. So I just have to say, just make good music and, and focus on the audience because... That that is what going pro- is that that's what dictates longevity. If your music can surpass the time that you made it for, very true. Thank you so much for sharing your fan opinion with me today, Carrie Ann Reed Brown. Thank you for having me. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys so much for tuning in. I know this was a hard topic to kind of talk about, and I know that there's so much that we haven't even talked about. So I really want to get your opinions. Please share with your friends, share this podcast with your fellow girlfriends, and definitely comment, share your opinion, share your thought. We should definitely have a round two if you have any thoughts around this topic and you want to kind of keep the conversation going. I'm more than happy to do another podcast to kind of follow up on it. Until next time, thank you guys so much for listening and make sure you guys leave me a review if you can in iTunes so that, you know, we can continue for rank the ting. Until next time, Leah Tommy peeps. Thanks for listening to the latest episode of the Style and Vibes podcast. If you like what you hear, and I know you do, share it with your friends and family. If you want more, make sure you visit styleandvibes.com and follow us on our social channels, Twitter and Instagram at Style and Vibes. Until next time, Leah Tommy peeps.